Welcome to the Changing Minds Online show, the Empowering Women series. Uh, today we will, uh, Jessica is still out. She will be listening to us, but she's on a train right now. So she's going to come in and uh, on Sunday and talk about Go Get It. And she's going to tell you all about her trip and how she is motivated to go get it. So today we will be talking with Amy Kardashian, author, speaker, and coach, and we're going to be talking about finding your why. How are you today, Amy? Fine, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. Well, it's definitely my pleasure to have you here. I've been so excited to have you on the call. Me too, me too. So, Amy, tell us about how you started uh, here in the United States. How did you come? Well, um, 1988, I got the opportunity to come to the United States. Um, I was like 25 years old. I had my 10-year-old da- daughter with me where we were living in a war, um, uh, in the in Lebanese Civil War. So I got the opportunity. I had visa. I came to the United States and... Um, since then, I'm here, and um, it wasn't an easy journey, but it was an absolutely a blessing uh, to be alive and just to be here, uh, stay, you know, be able to have the opportunity to live w- w- in a peaceful country where where uh, you're safe and you don't have to worry about bombing, you don't have to worry about um, being killed, you don't have to worry about... Uh, not sleeping at night because you have to run for your life in the middle of the night. So that's how my journey started in 1988 in in the United States. Awesome. So tell us about how, uh, what happened before you came to the United States. What made you decide to come? Well, my journey in in that area of of different in my country, in 1975, the Lebanese Civil War began. I was just 12 years old then. And uh, one of the first bombs came to our house and killed my brother right in front of my eyes. And uh, soon after that, of course, we became homeless. We didn't have anywhere to go. We, get, we separated uh, all of my family. Each one of us went in a different place. They had to put me and my little brother uh, in the mountain to to be more safe over there, and I lost contact with them. And, you know, back then, 1975, there was no cellular to get hold of anybody, and the war started, uh, you know, uh, in Lebanon, and the, the, the road was cut off in between the mountain and Beirut, um, so me and my older, my younger brother, six years old, stayed there not knowing if my family is still alive or they're dead or what happened. And I had to take care of my brother. We were cut up from water, food, uh, any information about anybody in the middle of the night. You know, as 12 years old, just lost my, my brother in front of me, is still seeing the bomb flying from one area to another, not knowing what's happening to the rest of the family. So I had to take care of my brother and... Uh, 
and be there for him and stay strong for him. This is what my journey started as 12 years old, you know, in living in the war. That was the beginning of the journey. And uh, life went on after that, and uh, I got uh, married three days after my 14th birthday. Of course, after a while, after like uh, three months or so, we get back with my family. Soon after that, uh, my mom was breaking down emotionally, and she started to take medication and couldn't handle to raise, a, you know, to raise teenager. I, by that time, I was uh, close to 14 years old, so three days after my 14th birthday, I was married and thinking for a better life. And that life wasn't better because, you know, sometimes I believe in this. This is one of my quotes is um, that desperation gets you to the wrong destination. And my mom, she was really desperate to let somebody else take care of me. And... Uh, that marriage lasted, lasted for three and a half years. Uh, at the same time, I had a daughter at 15. And then uh, my husband left the country and came to the United States, and I had to go back to my family where they couldn't take care of me in the first place. Now I came back with the daughter to raise in the war with no money, no education, no skills, and um, I just had to be a mother as a teenager. I had to be. I had to raise my daughter where I couldn't even raise myself at that time. And of course, uh, my mom, she's in depression, and uh, the country, the whole country, was in depression, really, and escaped death many times and lost many close family members. And uh, that was the journey all the way from 1975 to 1988, living in that situation in Lebanon. So is this what uh, Tears of Hope is about, your book? Yes, Tears of Hope. It's about the journey. It's about the lessons, about the wisdom, about ordinary people, how they live through war, and how we navigate, how we learned, what we learned, what the wisdom I learned from my father, from my experience, from from everything that I had to really pull myself up where, uh, you know, breaking down many times, uh, things happen, and that breaks you down, like, you know, losing close family members, living in the war. That wasn't easy to raise a kid at, in the war, you know. It's not like you had a job or living in a good country and you were single mother, you know. It's being a single mother with having no, not, no skills, no education, and, and especially back then, people were looking at the divorcee or a girl she doesn't have a husband, uh, third class. And people would pinpoint on you and talk about you, that your your husband is not with you. And uh, that was another thing that I had to really overcome. But I had to uh, really look around me and, and look for what it's going to keep me going tomorrow, what it's going to keep me going, how I'm going to be breathing so what what I learned in life is you always find your why. That's the why we want to be talking about. My why was the first why was my brother, my six-year-old brother, where he was digging in the garbage trying to find food, and we were staying in, in line to have one piece of bread with, with a little bit of tomato paste on it just to eat. And I had to share with him, give him actually my food so he won't be hungry. So, but he became my why, and I, you know, he kept me going because I had to 
really look after him. I had to be responsible. I had to grow up really fast, no, no other choice. But more than anything, I mean, I was afraid even in those days. I went through so, man, so much fear. But realistically, what really, really pulled me up is my faith in God. My faith in God is what helped me um, see the light. And I remember the day where I was sitting in the, uh, in the school up in the mountain. I was sitting in the, on the bench, and then I had a tree behind me. And then I, I, put, my, I put my back on the, on the tree, and I, the other kids were playing. No, no one lost anybody at that, more, at that time yet. So the, I'm the only one where I just lost my brother. My older brother was my favorite brother. And uh, I was, I looked up and I said, God, you, 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 you asked, you told us to ask, seek, and knock, and I'm asking you to help me because I was feeling darkness in my heart, in my body. I was feeling darkness. I was deep in the darkness, and then I just felt God's light. I just felt I was fulfilled with light, with His light, and and that realistically what helped me realize what's in front of me, what helped me realize my why in front of me. When when God opened my eyes and allowed me to have his light, and I asked for it, I got it. And that's what kept me going year after year. Every time I went through darkness and down, I asked for strength. And I, you know, you're in the fear. When, when you're in darkness, you're in fear. And the, the, the best things you could do when you're in fear, the best things I experienced is to ask God for his light and, and to help reach out. So every time I'm in darkness, I always reached out. And that pulled me back up. And then when I was pulled back up, I was able to recognize my why. I was able to recognize what's around me right now. First my brother, then my daughter, then other, st- other things start to come. You know, life doesn't, it, your why does not stop. You know, you have kids, you, you, you grow up with your family, then your family goes away, they get married, or you move on, and then you have your own kids, and then your kids grow up and they move on. And, and life always changes, and your why always changes. And so many people, I think, they get stuck in one why, not recognizing what other things are around them, you know, to to help them to pull themselves right 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 back up. So I learned that how to navigate. Wonderful, wonderful. So I guess from finding your light from God, that was probably the reason why you went with reaching for the light for your website. Yes. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, that without God's be... light, we don't have direction. You know, and and most people, this is what happened: is when we're in 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 the darkness, even even in the darkness, we see we we get scared from our own shadow. You know, mm-hmm. but but you don't have shadow if you don't have light. So as soon as you see your shadow and you're scared of yourself, you're scared of what's happening. You gonna you you. If you believe that there is light, that's why you're seeing your shadow. That's why you're scared. That's why you're scared, you know, but, but because there is light. And every, every time we go through something, 
my father, this is what he taught me uh, after my brother uh, Robert died in front of me. Two days, three days later, I was still shaking. We were uh, All of us we were staying in the neighbor's house, and everybody was taking care of my mom. The whole country shut down. That was one of the first bombs where, where it came to our house. So it was shocking to the whole country. And um, my father noticed me that I was shaking, and he came down to me, and he, he put his hand on my shoulder, and he said, what's wrong, Amy? I said, Daddy, I'm scared. I'm, I'm scared. He said, don't be scared. I, he said, I'm here. I said, I know, but I was crying. I was like, I'm scared. You know, I was just still shaking, seeing my brother just died right in front of me. And he said, I want you to do something for me. I said, what, Daddy? He said, look, look at my eyes. I looked at his eyes, and he said, you see the white? And my father had a big, big eyes. He said, you see the white? I said, yes. And I, but I didn't understand what he was trying to say back then. But then he said, no, I want you to focus. I said, okay. And he said, do you see the brown around in your eyes? I said, yeah. In my eyes, I said, yeah. And he said, do you see the, the small people, the, the black? I said, yeah. He said, sometimes we have to go through darkness to see the light. And every time you're going through darkness, through scared, through fear, Look for the light. Look for the lesson. And one day you would learn and you would start to understand things happen for a reason, even though they're not the best thing that happened at that moment. So anytime something happened, I always look for the light. And that stuck with me throughout my life. And this is where when I was in darkness in the mountain after they put me up there, when I asked, when I was feeling darkness, I looked for the light, and I looked up, and I asked God for guidance. I asked for help. I asked for to give me the to see the light through that darkness. And uh, when I seek that, I, God fulfilled me with with His light, and I felt that's what kept me going. Every time I need something, I knew where to go. I knew who to ask. I mean, life does not stop. We, all, we go through obstacles and challenges and darkness and light at all times. And this is, this is how our, muscles, our muscle gets stronger, like your exercise. You know, you exercise, your muscle gets stronger. If you don't go through darkness, your muscles are not strong because you're not learning how to get out of it. So I sometimes appreciate going through the darkness, so I... Every time I get stronger, every time I go through darkness, I get up and I get stronger than before because now I gained more wisdom, I gained more uh, information, I gained, uh, I learned something, I saw the light, I was able to put the darkness on the side and, and uh, fight for myself, for my life, for my soul to see the light. Yes, yes, I I totally agree. You know, like they say, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. And once we're mm-hmm. going through the darkness, every once in a while you have to have the test in order to have the testimony. You can't really help and you can't really grow if you don't go through anything. I totally agree. That was a powerful statement, Amy, powerful. Thank you. 
Thank you. And I hope people, when, when we go through the darkness, we forget about the light, and then we think we're going to be stuck there. And that's not the truth. The truth is when you get out of it, you feel better about yourself. You know you fought. You know you took responsibility for yourself, and you know that you will you will you will tell yourself I did it. You you will get a pleasure from getting out of it, and because no one can besides you and God. Nobody nobody can if you don't reach out. So and I also I learned how to uh, put my ego on the side and learn how to say Hey, I'm feeling down right now, and it's okay. It is okay to break down in a little bit, but it, you have to know when to pull yourself back up. So this is what the book, I share in the book all the times where I broke down and how I pulled myself up. And how, what did I do? What my father taught me? What did I learn from this particular lesson? And how did I do it? So it's not only just my story. It's my story with the lesson that comes with it. That makes perfect sense. So when, and now I'm going to talk to the coach, Amy, here. So when you are coaching someone who is in uh, a mindset of only seeing the darkness, what? how do you bring them to uh, seeing the light? Well, you know, first of all, it's, it's first step is to ask, is to be able to, if, if you're in darkness and you don't allow somebody to help you, nobody can. Nobody could knock on your door. Nobody could come to your house and, and save you unless you open the door for them. And if they do, you feel like a robbery came in. So it's the same thing. Nobody could come and force you to see the light. It doesn't work that way. Some people, maybe they sit and say, well, maybe somebody should walk in and save me. What if they do, you feel uncomfortable, and you, it wouldn't happen. It's not natural. It's not a natural way. The natural way is when you're going down is to allow yourself to be uh, vulnerable and be okay to go to your community, to go to your church, to pick up the phone and ask for help and call someone who cares about you. And sometimes people think other people get bothered and they don't want to hear any negative stuff. But guess what? They love to, to help you. They would love to help you, help you. And if it's the kind of people they don't want to help you, they shouldn't be your friends. They shouldn't be your part of your family. So, therefore, you choose the people who you want to be around. And and the people who wanna you wanna be around, not necessarily they're gonna keep you in the darkness. They probably sometimes they're gonna slap you and and snap you out of it, you know, and tell you the way the, 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 not what you need to hear. It's but what you need to know. They wanna tell you the truth, and sometimes that hurts, and sometimes people they don't wanna hear that. So, to me, if someone is in the darkness, they're in control. They have a choice to ask someone to help them to get out of it. And sometimes it could be as simple as talking to somebody. Very simple sometimes. To reach out and be okay, being humbled. You know, our ego, what stays in the between? The ego to say, well, I'm strong. Everybody look at me strong. And, and, and I'm supposed to be that. 
And I understand that. I appreciate that. Well, I still go through darkness. Even though I'm author, I'm speaker, I'm life coach and everything. You think darkness will stop in your life? It will never, ever stop. That's a lie. Whoever tells you, I never go there, well, they're not growing. Or they're lying to themselves. We all always go through something, either with our family, with financial, with health. With uh, Right now I'm going through my uh, health situation, which is I had it inherited from my family, for example. And now I'm being careful with my food. So I have to be careful because otherwise I'm going to have a stroke if, I don't, if I'm not careful. So now I'm being careful. What do I need to do? So should I sit and cry about it? No. Well, I'm going through it right now, and I'm going to have to take action towards it. So taking action towards what you're feeling right now is the solution. It's not the solution to close the windows and just sit there forever and expect somebody is going to break in and come and save you. That is great. So first step is to ask, and the second step is to take action. Absolutely. And then when you're in that fear, because when you're down in the fear time, when you're in darkness, automatically you're in fear. Turn your fear to faith. If you turn your faith to faith, you will not have that fear anymore. You're not afraid anymore. You won't be afraid anymore because you know you're taken care of. Right now, you and I were talking on the phone. We know the phone is going to be okay. We're going to be talking okay, and it's not going to come down on us. We, you know, we drive, we go to the store and have faith we're going to get to the store. Things happen. We can't control stuff. So one other thing that I really learned, I really, really learned throughout my, my journey, the difference between controlling and being in control. Some things we cannot control. Some things we could be in control. That's the only thing we could do is being in control. I, wasn't, I couldn't control the bomb came in and killed my brother. Couldn't control that. There is some things not controllable. The only thing I could control is me, is my emotions, is being okay to break down and cry and be sad and be upset. Be, that's natural. Be okay to, to sh- shed some tears, but yet be able to balance it and bounce back off of it. That is the difference, is learning. And then the more you bounce out of, uh, bounce out of it, the more stronger you, be, you become, the less depressed you, you could be. So each different have a different journey and different situation, and instead of some people, for example, they take the journey to learn from it, they think the journey is make them, my life is sad, my life is bad, and I am that. Well, turn it around and say, well, I'm alive right now, and I overcame all that. See, turn it around. Instead of saying, I am that, my, I'm, I'm that story. Well, yeah, earn it. Earn that story. Earn your life. Earn and say, I overcame it. Look where I am now. You're obviously right, right now, you're okay. If, it's, if you were abused by your father, your brother, your whatever, you were abused. That was in the past. And you're obviously here. You're no longer being abused right now. So, and if you're abused right now, take action. 
So your story, it really makes you who you are. Some other people who were telling me one day, the, a life coach, she was telling me, why well, I'm not my story. I said, uh-oh, uh-oh, you earn your story. You're supposed to earn your story. What's wrong with your story? Your story made you who you are. Your story, what made you to become a coach. And look at you now. What's wrong with that? Earn it. That's supposed to go for, you're supposed to go through those lessons for a reason. And just you came out of it and be proud of it. Yes. So we also add to the list that we are our story. Yes, and I mean, the opposite, some people tell you, you're not your story. I'm like, really? I am my story, and I am the one overcame it, and I am proud of myself. You yes, see what I mean? I've, and if you stand up yes. for yourself and say that, you feel power, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, I've noticed that in the conversation, you've mentioned ego a lot. Now, yes. is ego a big detour of your progress you mean uh so if you have a big ego you probably won't progress as much as if you just let the ego go and uh what, have not really uh, what i think i think there is a healthy ego and there is unhealthy ego it's like cholesterol there is a healthy cholesterol there is unhealthy cholesterol so there is a healthy ego and unhealthy ego the unhealthy ego is the one will stop you from progressing, okay? And the one will stop you from growing. If you spell ego, it's E-E-G-Go. Ego is eliminate your opportunities, you know? Mm-hmm. Eliminate your opportunities. Um, and egos, it's, it's uh, the bad ego stops you from asking for help, stops you from... Uh, being vulnerable at times where you need to be. Uh, it takes the balance the, from your life, and, and it takes the uh, – if you're – my father always taught me, even I was a young – you know, as a young girl, if he did wrong, he always told me I did wrong. And if I told him something, he listened to what I had to say. So he, he put his ego on the side. Sometimes we have to put our ego on the side and allow other people or allow ourselves to learn and grow, not to push the opportunity away. So the unhealthy ego that I talk about, and I teach that a lot in my, in my seminars, but I go more in-depth about that. So if you had anything that you would want the listeners to take away today, what would it be? I would like to share one of my quotes, and, and that quote, a lot of people love that quote. You don't have to be perfect to be beautiful and powerful. All you have to do is be yourself because you are. And that's yeah. the mistake so many people do. They think they have to be perfect in order to be beautiful and powerful. And they don't. See, I have fourth grade education. I found a way to write a book. English is my third language. I'm a speaker. And, you know, I don't have to be perfect. 
I do not have to be perfect because I am perfect in my own unique way, and you are perfect in your own unique way. If you could just adopt this philosophy, you will feel much better about your life and yourself. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. So if something you said has touched one of the listeners today, uh, can you Mm -hmm. tell us how they can contact you? Sure. You can go to my website, uh, like you're reaching for something, reaching your light, L-I-G-H-T, your light, reachingyourlight.com. Um, you can contact me from there. You could learn more about me. You could learn about my seminars. You could learn how I'm helping the world to be a better place. And if you would like to be part of it, uh, it would be great because what I'm doing right now with the Tears of Hope, anytime you – because I have a publisher, so the only thing I can control and be in control is my website. So if you, anyone buy my book through my website, I'm giving um, 75% back to help uh, innocent women and children of war around the world to have to let them know that someone is fighting for their basic right and dignity so if there is if you want to learn more detail you visit my website reachingyourlight.com and you could read about how I'm doing that and also, you could hear the Rise Above song uh, uh, performed by Stephanie Thompson. Beautiful voice, beautiful soul. Uh, you could you could hear the song over there and uh, and the and the video. Actually, I'm dancing with my grandkids uh, in that video with Stephanie singing it. That's based on my story and my message. So if you like to make a difference in the world, you want to make a difference in your life, you could find everything in reachingyourlife.com. That is beautiful. So if anyone wants to help, please go to reachingthelight.com and learn more about uh, Amy Kardashian's call. Yeah, Thank reaching you so your light. Yeah. Reaching your light, I'm yes. Reaching your yes. light. Yes. Thank you so much, Amy, for being on the show today. I am so honored to have you. Oh, it was a pleasure, and thank you for having me. Thank you for the opportunity. Yes, and if you want to hear the show again, we are on Podomatic, iTunes, and now on Stitcher, and we're on www.changingmindsonline.com. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a blessed day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.